If you teach self-motivation and skills needed early on, then there's a time where you can say, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's your checklist. I want you to get started on your own and trust that they'll do that so that I can spend the time with the three-year-old, the five-year-old, the eight-year-old who needs a little bit more structure. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast, where our goal is to help you thrive in your homeschool journey. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen or watch, including YouTube. And please leave us a review if this podcast has encouraged you. Leaving a review also helps other homeschool parents like you find us. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook for more content. Today, I am continuing with part two of my conversation with Cassandra Delion, the mother of 10 homeschool children. Cassandra has practical advice for you, whether you are homeschooling one child or many children. She has a heart for raising children who love Christ and helping them to know how to use their gifts to serve others. We will also discuss homeschooling during hard times. So stay tuned. I think you will be encouraged. When my family started our homeschooling journey, There were so many decisions to make, but one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress, and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local HomeWorks consultant. When you started homeschooling, you had this large family in 1,200 square feet. So it's not like you had an ideal place where everybody had a bedroom and, you know, you had lots of space for everybody. You had 1,200 square feet. Tell us what you needed to accomplish as a mom with a very sick child and eight other children that you're now homeschooling. Probably staying organized was number one. You know, there's two different ways of staying organized. There's a daily schedule or there's routines, you know, Now, when I had all of the little kids at home, it really was my lifesaver was to know what I was going to do that day, or at least an idea. And so in those early days, I had a daily schedule. And and the difference between a schedule and a routine is a schedule is like a daily order of tasks that you have a time set to, you know, and I did that at first. A routine is like, we do the same thing every day, but it could be at different times. Like you eat breakfast, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. do school, and then you have lunch. And so depending on whatever stage of life I was in, because, you know, this is span of 18 years. So back in the day, I had a schedule and I had it 
written up so the kids could understand what was happening because having an organized schedule benefits your family because it gives you a well-ordered environment. And I have found that if you give a box for a kid, they're comfortable knowing what their parameters are. Like, what am I going to expect of them? And so that's what we did. And I had it set up so we had a wake-up time. We had a start-for-school time, depending on their ages, you know, when was reading, what was history, when was the break. And I had to be like that. Now, I want to say for the people that are listening, Zan, that, you know, just because this works for me at that time mm-hmm. does not mean mm-hmm. that's going to work for somebody else, right? Right, but right. My situation was as I had nursing babies and I had early little babies in preschool and elementary. Well, that's all, right? And they were all that little. So we would have this schedule. Now I do a routine. And that's something that happens like at a rhythm, not a set time. So example for now, you know, we get up, we make our beds, we get dressed, we take a shower, we eat breakfast, we do school, you know? Right, Um, right. Right. And you still got three that you're homeschooling. So you're like most families homeschooling now after yeah. having seven graduated. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we talked about that because, you know, you have this idea that I have all these kids and I've graduated seven. It's like, oh, okay, I only have three left. But the truth is I have three left and I'm 50 and, and I don't want to quit. That little third grader is nine years old. And I may think, oh, that's not as dressed as I used to be. But she has to be the most important third grader in my life. <laughs> Sometimes right, that could be hard to do. But staying That's organized right. is 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 very I, I just I think it's vital. And every year I would change the schedule based on what's going on in my life. One of the other things you talked about was producing independent learners. Yeah, I think that is probably um that in chores. <laughs> are probably uh, one of the most important things. I think independent learning is important because I need my kids at the soonest possible to take responsibility for their studies. And what that does is it develops self-discipline. Back in the day, I would have multiple appointments for my daughter. You know, I had to drive an hour to her appointments. Then we had piano and violin and cello lessons. And I was nursing children, (laughs) babies. So if you teach self-motivation and skills needed early on, then there's a time where you can say, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's your checklist. I want you to get started on your own and trust that they'll do that so that I can spend the time with the three-year-old, the five-year-old, the eight-year-old who needs a little bit more structure. And it's also teaching character traits as well. Well, Well, you know, one of the things that really, um, as we got into the high school years and the kids were independent in their learning and they become your friends and they become these great people, that's when so many people want to put their kids back in school. And I'm thinking, man, if you do that, you're missing some of the greatest years you will ever have with your children, especially, you know, they're getting ready to leave home. And I mean, those high school years, we really, really enjoyed with our kids. What is the biggest way you help your children to become independent learners? The biggest way I do that is by teaching them really small 
that this is the task that they have to do and they need to obey and do that. And if there's an obedience, you know, there's good consequences. If there is not obedience, then there is other consequences because in, um, when I look at my Bible, you know, God gives us so much mercy and he gives me so much grace and he delights in me, right? He, he loves me. But in doing that, he also says to me, Cassandra, if you are going to sin, I absolutely will forgive you. If you confess your sin, right, if he's faithful and just, forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But at the same time, sometimes there's consequences for that. So if you are consistent and loving your children and helping them, that you can give them a task and say, I want you to do this, and they follow through with it. Now, that's not going to be perfect. But the truth is, the younger ones watch the older ones. They're like, oh, I don't want those consequences. <laughs> going to be a little bit smarter <laughs> yeah. than them, you know. So, well, listen, tell us about Music Day. When I called you yesterday, I happened to catch you at Music Day. So tell us what Music Day is in your family. Well, Music Day is when we go, we drive 45 minutes north to Milwaukee, and there's a church up there. It's a pretty good-sized church, and they have a wonderful music school. And because we are at a really little church in Kenosha that the Lord has us here to minister to, there aren't a lot of children. And I just think it's so important that our children learn music. You know, it teaches them character qualities like standing still and discipline and practicing. And then you could, could play. You don't have to be a professional. You know, you can play in church. And so when we moved here, I just said, Lord, would you give us an opportunity for this? And this school came up. So every Tuesday, we leave the house at 8 in the morning. And we have me, um, violin. Each girl's doing violin, and two of them are doing piano. Uh, we had cello, a celloist last year. She graduated. And so we spend from 8 in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. They get to be in choir, homeschool choir. They get to be, you know, orchestra stuff. And, you know, sometimes they were, they were in a big Christmas performance, which is not something that I could ever be able to do in my little church. Right, right. And we love it. We take our school, and when the ki one kid's doing violin, we're doing homework, you know, at the table, and we get to talk to moms, the other moms that are doing this. And I think it's important for my kids because they need that fostering friendships with other like-minded people who are doing the same thing. And this is a Christian organization, so I know that my children not only are getting their violin lessons from a Christian teacher, but also the homeschoolers that are there. They get to play games and they get to talk. And I don't know, my kids love it. It's so much fun. You know, that that is so cool because parents, you know, we're always asked, what about socialization? And the thing we want to say is that there's good socialization and bad socialization. And there's so many yeah. opportunities for homeschool kids now uh, to to be in groups and to be with their friends. So so that's really exciting. And then, so one of the last things I want to talk to you about, Cassandra, is just self-care. Because I would think it would be so easy. I mean, it was hard for me with um, four children and one is with the Lord. Um, was, it was hard for me to take care of myself. And so when you talk about self-care with 10 kids, I want to know how you did it. And I know it would bless moms who are listening to hear you talk about that a little bit. I think it's super important um, because we are pouring our lives and our hearts into little people. 
and big people. And, you know, even now, I think homeschooling doesn't end when they graduate because they're calling me when they're in college and they got their big problems and I got these little problems. But when, when we were in Ohio and we had all these little children at home, I implemented a quiet time. And this is when I had all the little babies and things are different now. But back in the day, every day after lunch, it was a quiet time. And what they had to do, and I'm talking all the way up to seventh and eighth grade until they could get to the point where they could be alone and I'd be okay. Right. But I would put them in their room and they would have, I'd have four, I had four girls in one room. Cause remember we had 1200 square foot home. So I didn't have a lot of space. So I'd put four girls in one room, three boys in the other. And the quiet time means that the little ones would take a nap was required and everybody else had to have a book. You know, we didn't have all this what do they have iPads now and we didn't yeah, do video yeah. game that kind mm-hmm. of thing so it's super important as a mom I think you said to cite an hour of your life that you can reset and that's what I did while they were taking a nap or they were reading I was spending time in my room really taking a nap is really what I did and I just get some sleep or just have one hour of rest and that helped me reset because we are going on and on and on all the time. And what I'll tell you what it helps, Zan, though, is because I made my kids read books. We'd go to the library, and we were the weird people that get, like, 50 books. And that, you know, you're only talking, like, six books per kid, you know, and then me. Right, right, right. Because I made them read books during the quiet time, they either had to sleep or read a book. And so they just loved reading and I surrounded because myself. Because it was a good alternative it, to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, they'd get a, they'd have a basket in their room, mm-hmm. and it was filled with books, and they could choose from it. And that gave me a rest time. It gave them, you know, ample opportunity to read those books in their book for their library. We go, we go to the library once a week, and the librarians fell in love with us. Um, but now. Um, you know, my kids, are, I don't need that nap time as much because I'm not nursing and I'm not up all night. Right. Yeah. So what I do now is different. Now I go to bed at nine o'clock. Now everybody's different. But I think right. the point is, is that you need a reset time. My reset time is early in the morning now, really early in the morning. And I go to bed at nine o'clock um, because I just say, I just, my kids know they're like, it's nine o'clock, mom. I'm like, I know <laughs> I need to go. Right. And my husband appreciates it, too, because he gets a better wife when I reset. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one of the things, you know, when I was I first met you through a chapter you wrote in a book, um, and I think it's called Moms Just Like You. Did I get the the title of that right? And and in that book, 10 of our uh, homeworks consultants uh, wrote the story of their homeschool life. And, you know, I have to say, I thought, oh, here's this mother of 10. Her life is perfect. Um, I'm going to have nothing to learn from her because she obviously has this down pat and she has a perfect life. Then I read your your chapter, Cassandra, and I, it just moved me to tears. And one of the things we've talked about is, um, I mean, sometimes as homeschool moms, and there'll be some of you out there today who are having a great day and others of you who are just at the end of your rope because homeschooling family life, life does that to us sometimes. And so I just remember you talking about maybe it was in the year 2014, you just hit rock bottom. So do you mind talking to us about that a little bit? Because I think 
when you talk about that and you were in the midst of such a busy life and you were doing such a great job with your kids, it will really help us understand how to navigate the storms in our own lives. Well, I like to say that, unfortunately, trials push us to Jesus. Hmm. I mean, that's what they should do. Yeah, that's right. And 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 I will say that um, it's God has given us a good share. You know, you know, when Autumn surgery in 2007, in 2008, we had a significant car accident where I had all the children and flipped the car. I mean, it was just, it was a 15 passenger just crushed everything around it. In fact, the daughter who had had the surgery in 2007, she ended up losing half of her hand in the car accident. And then in 2010, I mean, we're in the midst of homeschooling and all this. And in 2010, I had a, I had a baby die in my arms. Um, it was a so much trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then God used what you mentioned in 2014 to bring me even lower than I think I've ever been in my life. Um, if I went back just a couple years, I remember being at a ladies' retreat, and the speaker had was talking about how she studied the Bible, and she had all these books lined up. Zan, I mean, she looked like the perfect pastor's wife, right? And she did. I knew this lady. She spent hours studying her Bible, and she had these notebooks that were organized by, you know, subject and who God was. And it was just incredible. But I went out to the woods, and I just cried, and I wept because I thought, Lord, if that's what it takes, I just can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. I mean, I had... I had, that was before I had my 10th baby, but I had nine children, six months to 17 years old. My husband's pastor. And, but I had this hole in my heart that I longed for this relationship that it looked like this lady had. And I know she did. Um, and so fast forward a couple of years, that's the year that you mentioned 2014. My, I was pregnant with the last baby, number 10, and we had just had her and I was at my lowest point physically and spiritually. And I faced a silent battle that I didn't share with anybody. Um, it was really, really hard. I thought that, you know, I'm the pastor's wife. And so I shouldn't be feeling this way. And I cried a lot. I had my older children, my older teen girls, you know, they were all 15, 16, or 14, 15, 16. They were helping to take care of the baby. I felt alone. I felt defeated. I didn't go to church. My excuse was I just had a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband would come in my room and he'd say, Cassandra, you just need to trust the Lord. And I would say, what? Does that mean? And my poor husband just would look like, you know, because honestly, Zan, Jesus felt so far away. You know, later on, I realized, and I, you know, you don't think straight during these periods of times, especially when you isolate. And I was isolating. I didn't know who to turn to. And I later on found out that that was a really, really severe postpartum depression. And if you are struggling with that, you need to absolutely see somebody. And I know I didn't know what to do. I I didn't. But I will say that that experience in my life, when I reached that rock bottom, I realized that I was not anchored in God's word when I went through such a critical time in my life. And I could not continue what the life like I was doing in my own power. I mean, I would read the Bibles in, but I wasn't like sitting on the couch and saying, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? And opening up his word and seeing it. And so 
my I remember my sister calling me one day and knowing I was really having a hard time. And she said, Cassandra, I just want you to do one thing. I just want you to read one verse a day and then write down what God wants you to do about it. And I was like, okay, I think I can do that. So I did. I opened up First Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. No, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, I can do this. And I did. And I rewrote it in my own words. And I came up with an I will statement and that it said, I ask questions. What's it say about God? You know, he's our father. And I remember that very first I will statement. God is my father and he loves me. And then the next day I opened up first Timothy chapter one, verse two, because I knew what I was going to do. Right. Right. And honestly, that's how I got it six months into it, you know, and then I ended up going through first Timothy and second Timothy and first Peter and second Peter and First John and Ephesians, I'm chosen, I'm loved, I'm forgiven. I mean, and all of a sudden, God's word just infused in my heart. And my enthusiasm for the Lord and my utter failure, I think, in spending that close relationship with Jesus really made me understand that maybe I was not the only one who was struggling with this. Because, you know, what? one of the things that over these last now, it's been nine years, is that, you know, I just need to have one truth, one verse, and one application. And now what I do, Zan, is in the morning, because I live this different life now, you know, my, I don't have lunch babies, but I get up early and I sit down before the Lord and I say, okay, Lord, this is my day. And I read my Bible and, it, you know, life is different now. So I can read a chapter and I say, Lord, give me the one verse out of my chapter. And, and then what I do is I try to share that with one person. And I honestly still stick to one verse. That you're meditating on throughout the day. That I'm yeah. meditating. I do. I don't just say I'm going to meditate on it, but I'm going to say, Lord, what do you want me to do with this today? Who do you want me to share this with today? And in fact, we taught our children to do this. And there was a point where we would all sit around at night. Instead of doing, we would have family devotions, but we would say, now, what was your I will statement today? What did you read from? What was your one verse? We learned so much from our children because they would, I remember one child who struggled, who was struggling with anger and she had read in her Bible that day that, um, be angry and sin not. Okay. That was her verse. So her well will statement was, and she was so sweet to share it. I just get so angry and I, I just can't do that. My will statement is I'm going to ask the Lord to help me not be angry. She's saying this publicly and humbly, you know, everybody in the family, and I think what it does is it teaches a transparency. And I don't know how many times that I sat with my family with tears in my eyes because I was having a hard time. And I would say, like we talked about earlier, Psalms eighteen nineteen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say, kids, I'm really struggling. And I just feel like the Lord is just too much, too many trials. But the Bible says that he loves me and he delights in me and he's going to rescue me. Right. He rescues me because he delights in me. And there's something about being able to share that with your children because I want to model Jesus to them. And that's what Mm -hmm. that's basically. And that transformed my life. I think it transformed my homeschooling and it transformed what I think is important really for my adult children now, too. Well, you know, Cassandra, I think the thing that I learn from you the most is just that life is rich. Life is hard. But when we live it with Jesus life is rich. 
And I cannot thank you enough for being with us today and from sharing from your heart. So I want to let people know how they can find you. First of all, Cassandra is a homeworks consultant, which means that she sells uh, BJU Press homeschool curriculum. But more than that, she helps home people get started in homeschooling. She prays with her moms. You know, so if you need help, if you're looking for curriculum, um, get in touch with Cassandra. She's amazing. And Cassandra, why don't you tell everybody how they can find you and what you do as a consultant? You can find me um, on the internet and Facebook. It's Homeworks by Precept, Cassandra DeLeon on Facebook. Um, on Instagram, it would be HWP. Uh, I think it's Cassie, KD, but if you just look it up, you'll find it. I also have a website, Homeworks by Precepts, Cassandra DeLeon. You'll be able to find me on the web there. Um, or email me, Cassandra.homeworks at gmail.com, I think is what it is. But what I do is that, you know, if you have a homeschooling mom who's struggling or trying to figure out what to do or what curriculum to use, I can sit down with them and I can share what I have done, what works for me. And then I can pray with, I think one of the, my most important love things that I like to do is like to say, okay, you know, what's your biggest prayer request for today? And they'll be like, whoa. <laughs> That's true. Crying. Right. That's and to be able to pray with them. But all I do as a consultant is just share what, what has worked for me and what has not worked for me and maybe what would work for them. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, I just want to thank you all for being with us today. I hope you've been as blessed as I've been just by having time um, to sit and uh, listen as Cassandra shares with us what she's learned. As always, you can find me at zantyler.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. And we just pray that the Lord continues to bless you and your family as you homeschool. And we pray that you will cherish this time with your children because it really is fleeting and it really is quick. So may God continue to bless you. And until next time, bye.